Craft Beer Radio, episode 130, on January 10th, 2009. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show dedicated to craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Greg Weiss. I'm Jeff Bear. This week, uh, Imperial Stouts, part two. We did one a few weeks ago. So, okay. It's continuation on. Um, Imperial Stouts. <laughs> There's the apocryphal story of the, the, the Russian kingdom. From what I've read, that's actually apocryphal. Oh, yeah? Uh, but you can, you can you know, hear all about the, uh, the story if you want to read about it. It's all around. But essentially... They, you know, they sent this strong beer to Russia, or maybe it was the IPA one that's apocryphal. Anyway, um, they sent this one to to, to Russia, the English descendants of the Russian court, and uh, they stacked it up with lots of. Uh, they made it stronger strong. so it wouldn't freeze in its trip across the Baltic Sea. Right, and the Russians liked it. Um, and we're going to start with one of the originals, Samuel Smith. Figure since. Uh, be a good place to start since he's the uh, oldest English brewer that we're able to find that makes uh, Imperial Stouts. I never noticed on the label before. Samuel Smith's Contractors to Her Majesty's Forces, <laughs> the official brewery of the now, British is that War brewed, Machine. Is that one actually brewed in England? In oh, absolutely, yeah. Okay, so this is imported. Uh, Samuel Smith's Old Brewery in Tadcaster. It's classified as a Russian Imperial Stout, 7% alcohol by volume. It is black as black can be. No highlights. It's got about a finger's worth of the head. It's relatively tan. Yep. Very sweet aroma coming off of it. Yeah, it has a, a, a simple syrup type smell mm-hmm. to it. Um, sugar. There's a little bit of roast in there. Um, but yeah, the sweetness is coming across. Kind of like um, a fresh strawberry sweetness. Yeah, a little bit. I think I'm getting a little bit of oxidation in there, but it's it's not too bad, so I'm not going to complain too much just yet. Like, if you just cut open a strawberry and it's a fresh one, just smell it. It doesn't really taste, it doesn't really smell like a mm-hmm. strawberry taste. It smells really sweet and sugary. Okay. So. Hmm, Okay. There is a tad bit of oxidation here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little bit of um, a little bit of cardboardy right at the beginning, but there's a nice toffiness also right at the beginning that leads into uh, a bit of a darker roast um, and a tad bit of actually astringency at the end. I think. Yeah, it, first impressions, it's not as thick mouthfeel as I would have expected, but it's it's not aqueous, it's not watery, it's good. Um, it is slightly oxidized, but I think it works well in this beer. I'm enjoying the the sweet, the overall sweetness of that. And um, I don't know. Let me take another sip here, and so I can put my thoughts back on track. I think it's a little cold. These are pretty much right out of the fridge, so um, this one does need to be cooled, uh, warmed up a little bit. So we're using our hands on these nice uh, Amagang tulip kind of chalice glasses, mm-hmm. uh, nice and thin, so we can warm up the beer. Which is what you want to do with a, with a good imperial stout. You want them to be served relatively warm. Yeah, it's really our oversight of starting the show with the beer still cold. Forgive us, please. If you want to email us, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. 
I've been on Twitter for a while, and Greg's new resolution is he's going to join the evil Twitter army. Right. Well, no, that's not. That was not my my New Year's resolution <laughs> was to give Twitter a shot. There we go. It was not to join the evil Twitter army. It was to you give, did call Twitter evil. Twice it was to give resolution. pure evil a, twa, a, a shot, essentially, <laughs> but not to just join the army right away. Right. I'm going to see how I like it. Uh, so, so I'm my holy, Twitter name is Jeff Bear, all right. one word. Mine is uh, GM Weiss. So the M stands for Michael, in case anyone is wondering. GM Weiss. Follow us if you want to. I'm going to try to update it with relevant stuff. I'm not. I'm going to try not to be, you know, hey, I'm a Twitter shitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing. If I think of something funny, I may write that out. If, if there's something going on interesting, I may write that out, but I'm not going to overuse it. I mean, that's my pledge because I... Most of the time, I just uh, if there's something that happens, either I don't feel like writing about it, or I want to write way too much, and right. Twitter doesn't give you that option. So, right. absolutely. Do you want to talk at all about the beer advocate, craft beer radio? Not really. Discussion? No. Okay. There was a message. There was a message board topic in, in beer advocate about craft beer radio where people had differing opinions, and that's fine. They're okay. allowed. There's more praise for you than there was for me. I expect that. I'm not the uh, the quintessential beer guy that the guys on Beer Advocate would want. So gotcha. Yeah, I was just curious if you had any, if you wanted to rebut anything that was said. Of course not. Okay, I, but but I do think the show, um, the show. Well, you can you can say it better than I can. I, I think personally, the show benefits from having a voice like me. <laughs> y- you may di- you may differ. No, I, I, I think I couldn't do the show by myself. It'd be maddeningly boring. I knew that from going in that you have to be a trained radio professional to do your own podcast where two guys who weren't particularly good at doing radio shows, I'm not saying you're not particularly good, I'm not, uh, can have banter and carry on a good show. Either of us on our own would do a terrible show. Right. So that's why we're together. Um, Just Greg was the guy I picked. He got got the lucky shot at being on Craft Beer Radio, (laughs) and look what it's got him. So we warmed up the Samuel Smith's Imperial Stout slightly. The oxidation has come through a little bit more now. Yeah, it is, yeah. And uh, it's unfortunate because it's actually, it's kind of giving a little bit of, of, of a sour, I mean, like, uh, I mean, you know, usually we say sour in a good way, this well, is sour in a bad it's, way. It's a, to me, it's coming across the, the sour slash tart that, like, Guinness has. Well, to it's me, it's a like... very mild kind of milk sour type thing. Kind of like a yogurty yeah, thing. Yeah, yogurt. I, it's not hitting me too poorly. Like I said, it's it's similar to the kind of sour you get out of Guinness. Mm-hmm. However, the nose on this thing is kind of fell off the truck with the oxidation. I can't enjoy smelling it anymore. It's kind of um, acetony. It smells a bit like nail polish remover. Yeah, the, and the toffee that I, that I tasted originally has really gone away, and this that big kind of yogurtiness is is really overpowering. Let me swirl else. this puppy around and try to get a whole new, you know, bunch of atoms in the glass. <laughs> a whole new bunch of uh, volatilized atoms, okay. gaseous atoms in the glass. A whole new bunch of atoms. That's cool. No, it, it still doesn't smell very good. Uh, I'm trying to think of the age on this beer. I think I just picked it up a couple weeks ago, so I don't think it's particularly old. But the problem with imports is you never know how long they're sitting on the dock. Mm-hmm. The um, there's no human readable code on the label. There's a code li- lizard on the bottle, but. Um, 3H20C1. I don't know how to tr- interpret that. Now, you know, trying to peek through the oxidation here, I'm guessing it would be decent, but not an altogether spectacular Imperial Stout. It, it almost is um, 
can't. I, I, for me, I, I'm having a hard time. Like, if we end up ranking this show and this guy gets the last place, that's only if we're ranking the beer that's in the bottle. I, I can't say that the ranking is representative of Samuel Smith's Imperial Style. But we have no. a lot of beer. Let's yeah. hear some sobriety. Since we have a brand new dump bucket, check out CBR Video 5 for the images of our new dump bucket. Yeah, it looks like we definitely have to rinse each one of these glasses out. There's a thick syrupy coating yeah. of imperial style on the glass when we poured it. All right, so what's next? Next, um, good question. I'm trying to, like, you know, I have certain expectations of these beers, and I want to work from, like, smallest to biggest, you know, so we don't get... Pick a number between one and five. So one doesn't get blown away, but I think we're going to get pretty close here for the rest of the year. Let's do this Thirsty Dog one next. Okay. Thirsty Dog. Thirsty Dog Siberian Night Imperial Stout. Thirsty Dog is in Ohio. Uh, this is, a, again, a Russian Imperial Stout at 9% alcohol by volume. They are um, contract brewed at uh, Frederick Brewing, I believe. I knew this at one point. 58 IBUs, original gravity of 25 degrees Play-Doh. Thirsty Dog is uh, the brewery that was in Akron, Ohio, who won um, some medals at the GABF on the label. Actually, the label here it says they won gold in 2005 and bronze in 2006 for Imperial Stout. And when they won the gold, it was like right when the right after the public closed, they had mm-hmm. complained that an unfair anti-smoking law put them out of business. But I've heard they also were poorly managed. They continued to make beer. Uh, via contract and uh, so you can still find the Thirsty Dog beers in the market and um, I think they have a decent distribution throughout the Midwest and uh, this is probably still a pretty good beer I don't want to speak before I've drank it but I've heard good things about it and I've had it in the past there's a sweet malty aroma coming out of it it's um but there's also something else there I'm trying to pick it out to me this smells barley-y Okay, and uh-huh. and before like, well, beer's made of barley, dumbass. Of course, it smells barley. E, it smells like the mash. It smells like the the grain, the white grain, and while well, it's mashing. See, um, well, you know, in in a sense that's true, but I mean, the more I smell, I start to smell kind of dark and maybe even burnt chocolate. Oh yeah, I mean, it ha- that that's just one component. Then there's the whole roasty side of it, and let's dig into there. It's it's a unique smell for me. It's, I can't think of another beer that comes across quite this way. Um, I hesitate to say it smells plasticky because it doesn't smell bad, but the way the the way the the roast and the burnt is coming across, it kind of like if you if you put milk chocolate in a pan, right, and you just sort of melted it and burnt it a little bit. I never. Bur- I don't know what that would smell like. I don't have any. Okay. I mean, you may be right. I don't have any. I can't agree because I wouldn't. I can't even imagine what burnt milk chocolate would smell like. Well, I've done something similar when I made chili. Usually, you use bitter chocolate with chili, but I've used milk chocolate before. And even though there's also chili stuff in there, um, similar fl- similar aromas will come out of that if you burn a little bit of the chocolate. Are you getting any kind of um, milk sm- like milk smell out of here too? 
You know, we're talking about that soured yogurt smell in the last beer. You get anything that smells reminiscent of like I, sticking your nose in a gallon of milk and smelling? Yeah, a little bit. Like you know, because it's like, it's like that that cream that's you know starting to go just a bit, but it's yeah. still plenty. It's still plenty drinkable. Yeah, like a week and a half old gallon of milk. You stick your right. nose in the top and take a whiff. That's kind of what the smell is like. Right, it's not soured, but you know, it's there are those volatile components that. The one in the billion are detectable. And okay, so on the flavor, I'm getting some good uh, roasted barley chocolate malt. Oh, and late, it really gets chocolatey. A lot of chocolate malt type flavor. Yeah, a lot of a lot of dark malts in here going on, and it's really filling out the mouthfeel and the flavor profile. Not particularly fruity. It sits on your tongue a lot. Mm-hmm. It's got um, you know heavily malt influenced uh, to go along with how I said at the beginning how it smells like the mash. The the texture on my tongue reminds me of like grain dust, like it, the, when you're like milling in grain and you sm- and you breathe in the the dust there, you get that dusty type feel on my tongue. I've said I've used that analogy or that descriptor a couple times i wish i had a, a better way to describe it well i'm not really saying anything because i'm pretty much agreeing with jeff i mean jeff is kind of nailing it um the flavors are, are dark not particularly fruity dark malty a little bit of chocolate um roastiness there that's good i like it. a little bit it's of the graininess yeah good drinker i'm hesitating whether i finish this last little bit just because the lineup in front of us but i i am enjoying it i do like it yeah if i didn't have the hard job of drinking six imperial stouts you know i would definitely savor this one (laughs) the the that milk smell and the aromas kind of throw me though it's not quite it's not quite what you're looking for it's kind of out in left field but it's certainly there it doesn't make it you know Rome is certainly a component, you know, it certainly goes into the score factor of a beer. And uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, like, I, I don't hate it, but it just feels wrong, you know? However, one thing I can say is that unlike our other Imperial Stout show, um, you know, where we got some criticism, so far these have been more of what I expect, more of what I'm looking for in the Imperial Stout, which is that uh, the warmness and the roastiness and, like I said, that warm hug. Neither of them have. have had that alcoholic flavor and for me that's what I like and that's not necessary to be a good imperial stout Jay-Z JD it's not it's not necessary for it to be a good imperial stout but for it to be a Jeff Bear favorite it it needs that neither of these (laughs) neither of these have that so far yeah I think I'm gonna just uh, move on to the next beer and save that couple uh, save that ounce and half of sobriety for something else because we are trying to do another show today yeah, but we have, we have time. Yeah, we can, we're going to take a break between shows and uh, play guitar. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so what's next? Let's move on to... Let's one of the big ones. Okay. You know, this guy, uh, Akron, Ohio, again, same city. This guy won the gold medal this year at the GABF. All right. This is Boris the Crusher. Now, B-O-R-I-S. This is uh, an Outrageous Russian Imperial Stout. Uh, it's an oatmeal Imperial Stout. It is 9.4% alcohol by volume. You didn't say the brewery yet. Hoppin' Frog. Hoppin' Frog Brewery. 
Yeah, this is the winner of the gold, Great Mary Beer Fest gold medal. Now, all the beers so far have been black, but since this guy has oatmeal in it, he is just slightly blacker than the other ones. <laughs> I mean, you can just tell pouring it, it just seems more like oil. It's that the proteins from the oatmeal just absorb more light, and there's less stuff reflected off of it. And the, ten, the the head is darker, too, and that influences the way you look at it. I think mm-hmm. The head is, is just even, even darker, even more tan uh, than the other ones. So, yeah. Now, we don't generally pay attention to lacing, especially since we use the same glass over and over and over again, so it really kind of ruins the effect of lacing. But this one does kind of lace pretty well when you swirl it. Um, take, take a smell. I don't want to... I don't want to... Um Seed your memory of something. Take a smell and, and think about what you're uh, smelling. And then I'm going to throw something at you. Okay. Chili peppers. Cayenne pepper. No. no not all. Just, no. just get the tiniest little bit. Like maybe like a, ch- a cayenne and chocolate type. Maybe it's a combination of both of those. Like a, a, a mole. No, it's more sweet to me. It's okay. got... Um, It's got kind of just the, the sugary notes to it. Maybe it has a little bit of, of an alcohol. There's a what about aroma like, to it too? Yeah, there's some alcohol in there a little bit. Um, I was just going to say before you said alcohol, maybe like a chocolate liqueur. Mm-hmm. A little bit of aroma of that, where you get that really dark, yeah. thick, sludgy chocolate type smell. But mostly just sweet and like that alcohol's chocolatey alcohol. A lot less aroma than the Siberian Night, wouldn't you say? It's it's a lot more confined. It's, it's yeah. holding on to it a lot tighter. It's not as uh, nearly as much. It's a lot harder to find the aroma in this one than the last one. Thick body you can definitely. I don't know if you can tell that it's oatmeal, but it, it's nice and thick. It's a chewy stout. It has that that sliminess that I, I like in the oatmeal. You, if you want alcohol, here you go. Alcohol yeah. is pretty present here. Oh, and at the end, you definitely get the oatmeal. You get that on the sides of your tongue. Mm-hmm. You get that kind of. To me, it's slightly bitter. It's slightly tinny. Um, it's um, that gelatinous oatmeal flavor. Mm-hmm. To me, the oatmeal kind of makes it slide down your mouth a little bit easier mm-hmm. and gives it a bit of of what feels like a little bit of a slimy residue which i actually really enjoy particularly with the dark chocolate if you flavors. like it you should call it slick if you don't like it you should call it slimy no you like slimy for good i like slimy call, okay. call me crazy i like it just sounds know. sounds negative like you, you know, like you can't do that on television if i say what is it i don't, I don't know, know. And, been slime yeah that's a callback <laughs> shows how old we are huh you got a uh, Christmas Alanis. card the other day from uh, Boulevard Brewing. Oh, thanks, Boulevard. Sweet. Um, I mean, it's not cloyingly sweet. It's sweeter than the last couple we've had. That's mm-hmm. where it's coming across. I mean, the huge body on it. I'm getting this, this sweet chocolate. I think that the alcohol combined with the chocolate gives you a touch of, of actually the, the dark fruits are coming out a bit. touch oh, of prune yeah. at the end there. touch of... Uh, Something along those lines. Um, yeah, there's um, figs, prune figs, maybe dark grape, uh, like raisinish. Not quite raisiny. I don't know. Yeah, I'm thinking like 
a dried but still pretty juicy fig or something like that. Like with the seeds in there, you, know, you get in, get into that the, the the flesh that's around the seeds. You get that sweet and. Tart. Hey, if you turn this into like a sticky syrup and put this inside of a fig Newton, it would work well. <laughs> there you go. Now this is good, and this has the alcohol presence too. I mean, you can really feel it warming yeah. know, as it goes down. Yeah, it, it, it's not alcoholic, but it is warming. And there's a threshold where sometimes alcoholic is too sharp and too biting, and it, and it wrecks the beer. There's imperial stouts that are alcoholic and very good. Um, Tenfitty can be one of those. Um, actually, I have Tenfitty in the fridge too. We could make this a seven <laughs> beer show. We get wrecked. Um, Exposition Stout. We we might be doing that tonight, and it's been a while since I've had it, so I don't want to speak to what Expedition's like because my palate might interpret it differently. But I remember fondly of the alcoholic flavor of um, Expedition, and then just below that, where it's not reminiscent of of vodka or bourbon, where you're not getting that volatilization in the back of your throat, but you still get kind of a burn in your throat. I would call that warming. So there's a difference to me between warming and alcoholic. Fair enough. Just trying to put a, a definition behind our terms. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be helpful. This is good. This is a really nice, uh, drinkable, but still, hey, if you you know, it gives you that that warmness that is really nice on a on a cold winter mm-hmm. evening. We're actually doing this in the, in the middle of the day, so it's not quite doesn't quite have the same feel. Like if it was dark outside, it'd be more of a it would fit more, I think, with the theme. But fire, um, yeah, like a roasty fire nearby. S'mores. Imagine how this would go with s'mores. <laughs> rock. The the thing about these stouts are they're generally either dessert beers or after meal beers. Um, you don't really pair them with food in general. Sweets. You have to pair them with desserts and yeah. sweets and whatnot. Um, Chocolate cake would go great with with this. You know. I think tiramisu would go well. Mm-hmm. Um, last night for dessert, I had a fruit cobbler. I'm not so sure the tartness of the fruit would pair very well with this. I think it'd be too acidic. It wouldn't pair very well. Maybe not. I'm just, you know, I pulled that out because, you know, we're always flavored by what we've had recently. You know, I don't know about you, but when we try to come up with food pairings, the first things that roll through my database are things I've had in the past month, right? And I was just saying, eh, I had that tart last night. That, too acidic to go with this beer. If you were thinking of a cheese to go with this, I would... Boy, I think you have to go blue. Uh, either, or either blue or, 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 a, or a strong goat. Okay, strong goat. I'm like, you know, the creaminess of a brie would be great, but the flavor would be washed out. Yeah. You know, so the mouthfeel of a... tangy. Yeah, the mouthfeel of a brie would be awesome with this, but I don't think you'd taste it at all. So, the goat would be interesting. I'm thinking Rochefort. Rochefort is sheep. Blue. Yeah. Oh, is it sheep? Mm-hmm. But it has, you know, a bunch of tang to it, and that's... I think the tangy with this goes good. I think it's Roquefort, actually, not Rochefort. Mm-hmm. Someone may correct me on that, but I believe it's a Q, and it's Roquefort. Hmm. Okay. You know, we're just from Pittsburgh. We don't know how to speak properly. As someone commented in the uh, in the Beer Advocate page, someone made uh, a mention of of Anthony. Said use. my good friend Anthony said use, and we just kind of let it go, just because you know it's sort of a Pittsburgh thing. Uh, I love Anthony to death. You know, we didn't care because he's Anthony. He's a cool guy. He's a great guy, and so I I mean, technically, Yins is a Pittsburgh thing, yeah. but use is is a West Virginia Pittsburgh right thing. 
and and I I saw it as a subtle nod to native speaking Pittsburghers. Mm-hmm. Even if you grew up in McKee's Rocks and says use, hey, it's where you came from. It, it I don't see a problem with it. Yeah, McKee's Port actually, but close McKee's, enough. Well, okay. I got the McKee part of it. Um, yeah, but actually, McKee's port is probably the other more side accurate. of the. Yeah, it's the other side of the. Um, he's a he's a vice principal. I mean, he's a he's a successful dude. Sure, we don't have to. I didn't just, respond, but I'm responding now. Arr. So, what's next on our uh, trip? See, uh, this is oh, a beer. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to pour out the last ounce of this beer. I got one sip left here. Let me take another whiff in and. Uh, Wrap it up. Would you say we go with the victory next? I think the victory might be interesting. Um, I expect this one to be a lot hoppier than the rest. Okay. Let's see how that happens. Victory is uh, brewed here in Pennsylvania. It's uh, 9.1% alcohol by volume. It uh, got some information here about the beer. It has uh, two row malts, imported two row malts. It's hopped with American whole flowers. Don't tell us what hops. Um, it could be different this year because of the hop shortage. It's available year-round, even though it is kind of a, a, a seasonal variety of beer. It is available year-round. Yeah. It's, uh, it was seasonal a couple years ago, and just such a popular beer from Victory. I mean, their Hop Devil is probably their flagship nationwide. Um, they sell a lot of lager. They sell a lot of Prima Pills. Um, but yeah, they made they made this guy jump to year round just because it was ranked number two in Beer Advocate, you know, a few years ago um, for quite a while, and um, it was like almost a there was a paradigm change it seemed where like the the guys that were at the top of the list kind of shifted down to the fifteen to twenty area, <laughs> and there, a whole bunch of new guys came in and took their place, you know, the young bucks. Um, but for for a while, for a couple of years, this guy was like number two on Beer Advocate. Oh, it is hoppy. Yeah, that's for, that's what I smell. I mean, after drinking these other beers, <laughs> yeah, this guy no smells. Kidding. He smells like an IPA, doesn't it? I mean, because you're only um, you're, what you're picking up is the delta, the difference between right. the previous beer and this beer, and the difference between those two beers is a a, a ton of hops. It smells almost like an IPA because we're numb to the the roasty imperial style. The roastiest is not even though I'm sure like if you drank this through with with a, with a bunch of IPAs, you would, would smell roast. Out as hell, yeah. Oh, I just got an awesome aroma there. A very different, strange aroma. But I didn't catch up enough of it before I could, you know, put a word to it. And now it's gone. <laughs> and, like, I don't remember exactly what it smelled like. Well, how smell kind of citrusy, maybe a little bit of orange. In the background, yeah. there's some maltiness and uh, a little bit of chocolate. By the way, just for the point of clarification, uh, for anybody who slept through math... For whatever reason, when Jeff said Delta, Delta means change. Um, the so, difference between. Yeah, difference between. So um, that's what Jeff was talking about. Thank you. Actually, I've been using that quite a bit recently. It's like one of my favorite words. I, <laughs> I used it yesterday. Um, I used it in the same uh, same uh, context yesterday. I was down at East End Brewing talking with Scott and drinking some of his Festival of Darkness beers. Um, he has a cherry stout. He has uh, a dry Irish stout. He has black something, which was the small beer that he made off the Imperial Stout. <laughs> and, um, and in talking, we did the dry Irish stout and then the cherry stout, which is the dry Irish stout with cherries added. And I said the Delta. Yeah. <laughs> so 
He's not talking about the river. Or the airline. Or, yeah. Um, but, like, the delta between five and three is two. Yes. All right. So Greg's been warming up his one the old, entire time I was gone. Now I've started to warm mine up. But we have the aroma the same? How do we smell this one? It smells like... Um, I'm barely getting any roast on this one. It smells like a good multi English pale ale or something. <laughs> like, um, what would I use? Not quite Alpha King. It's not that hoppy. Yeah. But uh, it reminds me of Eel River pa- Extra Pale Ale. Or it just doesn't smell like a good caramelly multi pale ale. It does. It does. If, if, you, if you didn't know what you were, you know, if you were blind, it almost has a little bit of man candy in there. I wonder if that's just the Delta affecting our... <laughs> exactly. Because I'm sure if we were brand new fresh, this thing would smell roasty. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that any guy off the street would smell this and say, Hey, that smells like a pale ale and not an imperial stout. Tastes hoppy as hell, too, man. It does up front. Um, almost a sting of orange and grapefruit, right? Um, I had um, Hop Devil for dinner last night. We were at a uh, good restaurant, but didn't have a very big beer selection. And uh, actually, I think the hopping is probably pretty similar to the same hops they use in Hop Devil. It, it comes across all very similar. It's got a, a nice... I mean, it does, it's almost like an IPA because it's got a nice malty backbone, but it's got but it's it's really hop forward, and at the end you get a bitterness that you haven't been getting with any of these. Most of these ended kind of dry or sweet. If I drank this blindfolded, there's no way I would say imperial style. I mean, at least that's my perception, of, my colored perception of looking at this beer. I would think it's it's um, I would probably think because there there is a high alcohol presence, you can detect that. I would probably say like a double IPA or something like that because. Mm-hmm. You can taste the high alcohol presence. Now, like I said, if you didn't have three Imperial Stouts before this, you'd probably taste the roast. Almost certainly. But we're having a hard time picking out the roast because we're picking it. Our tongues are saying, hey, there's a new flavor. What is that? Yeah. Oh, it's a it's an IPA inside an Imperial Stout. <laughs> it has, has quite a, a thick mouthfeel, too. Um, the, uh, the old horizontal barley wine is also pretty hoppy for what it is. And... It's not one of my favorites because of that. I love me an English barley wine, English style barley wine. I love me the oxidation and the the maltiness. And something like Bigfoot or Horizontal just doesn't do it for me. Some of that chocolate is coming through now at the end. Maybe even a little bit of tobacco at the back. Maybe a little bit of tobacco, sure. I'm going to save a little bit, but I poured out most of my sample there. I'm having a hard time getting anything other than hops right now. Yeah, it's true. We're not now. We're not throwing these in dump bucket because they're bad. We're throwing these in dump bucket because we because want to save we sobriety. we need to do a good show for you. And some of you love listening to us get wasted, but when the room spins when you're trying to go to sleep, that's no fun. <laughs> and Jeff actually has to drive a little bit after all this. Actually, so. Heather, we're all going to go down. Oh, okay. We're going to have Indian afterwards, and Heather's going to drive, and then we figure, hopefully you'll have enough time to. Once I'm sure we, after we eat. Once we get you back to your car, it'll be good. Oh, we only got two beers left, huh? Mm-hmm. Let's do the expedition next. All right. The expedition, which reminds me of a uh, pavement song. Bell's Expedition Stout from Michigan, uh, 10.5% alcohol by volume. 
This is original gravity of 1.11. 400 calories per 12 ounces, so in case you were curious. It's available winter, November 1st through April. And, oh, look, there's states here it's available. Florida, Indiana, Kentucky, Minnesota, Michigan, Montana, North Carolina, North Dakota, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and Wisconsin. So, so for Bells, we don't have a production date, but we do have the batch number. This is batch 8,864. So it's not very old because they haven't reached batch 9,000 yet. That's a different smell altogether. It's like a produce section. See, I'm smelling, I'm smelling um, acetyl or um, acetone. I'm smelling nail polish remover. Really? Like, like straight nail polish remover. It, it's so strong on the aroma. It's really turning me off. That's why I looked to see how old the bottle was. But 8800 batch is not that long ago. Actually, I think I just bought this at um, Three Sons like last week. This one have an orange sticker on the cap. Yeah, I bought this at Bell's just last week, so it's a, it's a fresh one, but it's not at Bell's. You bought it at Three Sons. I bought it at Three Sons um, last week, less than a week ago, and uh, but it smells abused. It does kind of? I mean, it, it the smell. I don't know about acetone. I haven't taken the whole BJCP course, but oh, well, I can maybe. It smells kind of like when you walk through the tomato section of a of a grocery store. Let me go see if Heather has some nail polish remover. You you need to smell acetone because oh, right. I want I want someone who's not familiar with the flavor, aroma to tell me how close this is. All right. Before I do the the smell test, uh, I wanted to point out in the back of it, there's a line here that says, "Here's a beer that thirsts for travel, holding up impressively under the rigors of any journey." <laughs> well, we'll see about that. But at least they get their "it's correct." They have a "it's apostrophe" and an "it's without apostrophe" in the correct place. So that's good. Good on their proofreading. So, so here some is uh, nail polish remover. Nail polish remover, which should smell basically like acetone. It's that the the number one ingredient in acetone. So that smells vaguely like paint remover, sort yeah. of. You know, there's traces of that there. There is. There's See, um, to, to me, it's significant. There's it's sweetness, but there's also traces of, of that same aroma there. I mean that that's a considerably that that's strong this is acetone. Yeah. I mean, but for a beer, you know, over the past several years, I've been saying acetone, and um, now you're getting a comparison. To me, this is one of the strongest acetones that I've smelled really? in a beer, and it's not straight. It's not pure acetone. There's something yeah. else in there that's making it a little bit more greener, a little bit more green apple, maybe. But it's mostly acetone, and it's pretty potent. I'm looking at some of the, uh, you know, look down at some of the beer advocate um, aromas that they're smelling, and it does, they say roasted grains, coffee, caramel, chocolate, dried dark fruit, and that's not at all what we're getting here. So, um, flavor, flavor gets around it. There's some, there's some good chocolate and dark fruit, some caramel, and and there's it's alcoholic. Remember I said differently, warming and alcoholic, not getting alcoholic. I taste. More acetone than I smell. To be honest, really, with you. it really tastes acetone. See, I'm, not ta- I'm tasting some alcohol. You know, some alcohol at the end, which is kind of hot and maybe it's acetonia. Acetonia word? Sure, acetonia in <laughs> physics. You know, <laughs> you're thinking of the asymptote. <laughs> there you go. Very hot. Yeah, this it's- asymptotes to acetone. 
This one's the most alcoholic so far. I mean, it definitely yeah. leaves you in the back of your throat after you've taken a sip. It's a little hot. It's not, it's not quite the alcohol I would be looking for. It's a little on the hot side. Um, some fusel alcohols in there. Considerable amount of fusel alcohols. Um, yeah, not, not really. A good, not a good bottle. Not a good bottle at all. Not not enjoying it. Which is funny. I mean, I have two Bells at home right now. I have Bells Kalamazoo, and I have mm. Bells Two-Hearted. Uh, Up until, you know, I mean, for the longest time, this was my de facto favorite Imperial Stealth, this expedition. Um, so I'm not going to write off the style yet. I'm going to chalk it up to uh, an off-bottle, an off-batch or something. Um, but, you know, recently... They have not. They, they've they've fallen from my graces. You know where I said they're the they're the imperial stout. They're the bomb. You know, ten fifties better. Um, Siberian Knights better. Boars is better. You know, so I'm getting more and more. And it's almost like you know the, the young whippersnappers are you know usurping yeah the, the king. You know the grayback. Well, speaking but, of young whippersnappers, this is one of our new favorites uh, yep. breweries, Eel River uh, in California. Uh, this is their Russian Imperial Stout called the Raven's Eye. We first started hearing about Hill uh, River from our uh, super fan Gary Frank, who sent us a bunch. And then I couldn't believe how surprised I was that they started showing up here in Pittsburgh because it's not a huge brewery. Yeah. I don't know their size, but they're not a huge brewery. They're not available everywhere. And they come from Fortuna, California, and uh, they make it all the way to Pittsburgh. 9.5% alcohol by volume, 20 degrees Play-Doh on the original brand. Actually, they might have moved because now their mailing address on their label is Scotia, California. Well, look at the head on this one. Un- unlike the other ones, this one has a nice, big, thick head. Uh, it's not nearly as tan. It's, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's tanner than normal, like an IPA, but it's... Uh, yeah, it's tan, but it's it's one of the lighter. Yeah. It's, it's like a... Um, a mocha type color. Now we're getting two and a half, three fingers ahead you, like, here, which like, is a lot more head than we got in any of the other beers. Like your average mocha coffee or something. When you say that's what the color it is, the head latte. Latte. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what my coffees are called. I'm getting a sweet, weird sweetness out of this one. I don't want to overuse milky. I'm not even sure if it is milky, but it my. My thoughts are pulling me that way. Strawberries. I'm getting strawberries. You getting strawberries? Again? Like strawberry milk? Think of like quick strawberry milk. Are you getting any aroma like that? I'm getting confused. You're confusing me. You're making my brain go crazy. I know. My brain's going crazy too, but I am thinking like if you take like the, the quick strawberry syrup and stir it in some milk... You get that sugary, powdery... Maybe, but there's something else there. There's some kind of nuttiness there. Okay, yeah. I can see where there's a little bit of... Like a hazelnut or something. Yeah, actually, that I was trying to like figure out which nut is that. The hazelnut, that's it. That's what I was thinking for. And because, you know, we're kind of burnt out on the, the rose thing, I'm, not, I'm smelling the strawberries and hazelnut, and I'm not, smelling, <laughs> I'm not smelling too much roast. It's weird. It's so weird. We're looking at a pitch black beer, and what do I smell? I smell strawberry milk and hazelnuts. Hmm. And we're trying to warm these up as much as we can in our glasses. And well, this one's at a decent temperature to begin yeah. with, after the 40 minutes or so it's been out. My, my hands, my palms are 
cold. <laughs> we'll do some calisthenics afterwards yeah. to warm ourselves back up. Gets enough of smelling. Let's say drinking. Here's the mockness you want. Um, it's really sweet, sweet chocolate. Really sweet. Yeah. I mean, it's like, but then, but in the end, there's ro- more oh. of the roasted malt. Yeah, it gets it gets roasty, gets roasty bitter at the end for mm-hmm. sure. But the beginning is so sweet. It's like, oh, and now that finish, that end, just as it as it you know as the alcohol evaporates, it's it's just coffee and chocolate. It really, yeah. yeah the uh, I agree with you. I'm trying to I'm trying to put words to the beginning. It reminds me of some kind of like Christmas confection. But I'm like trying to draw in like, is it snowballs or something? Maybe it's like powdered sugar. <laughs> Sorry, when I think snowballs, I think of something very dirty. Uh, I, after after <laughs> you started smirking and almost did a spit take on your computer, I, I realized that there was some some dirty um, connotation there. But uh, yeah, I never had a snowball. But as so you say, it is. <laughs> So there is a Christmas cookie that has uh, it's a little round thing. It has some kind of nut inside it, and it has powdered sugar on the outside. Does the nut get busted? No, it has powdered sugar on the outside, and uh, maybe this uh, like the sweetness is reminiscent of something with a lot of powdered sugar on it. Maybe even like a, a powdered donut or something. Oh yeah, there's a lot of. I'm coffee sorry. All I can think of now is Clerks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know what snowballing is. Thirty-seven. Bitter. I mean, there's definitely a bitter component here. Uh, you know, the hops are giving it a little bit of, of bitterness, but they're not. But it's not affecting the flavor nearly as much as like Storm King. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Storm King wasn't so much bitterness; it was hop flavor. It was flavor hops. It was... Well, there was bitterness citru- at the end of Storm Oh, King. yeah, but it was citrusy, fruity flavors mm-hmm. that was, like, the keynote of Storm King. All these have a lot of, a lot of IBUs in them just to counter the, the alcohol and the maltiness. This is pretty good. I'm enjoying this, but... Um, you ready for ranking? I think we're ready for ranking. Sure. Okay, my number one is... Uh, I think Siberian Night. Oh yeah, I think that's the one that uh, that hit it off with me the best. Um, trying to remember, we've had a lot of beers. Oh, that smells good. Yeah. Go. So, uh, but you know, I was surprised that I wasn't expecting that much out of it compared with the other stuff we had here. But I think that one delivered the most on everything that we kind of wanted. Uh, and then. Um, I guess it's between the Yield Rover and the Boris next uh, for me because the... What was the Boris like? <laughs> Boris was the oatmeal one. The really Boris was the, the thickest bodied one. Right, there. okay. All right, so I'll go with the Boris because I did, oatmeal will almost always win me over. Uh, so I'll go with the Boris and then I'll go with this one, the, um, the Eel River. Uh, it's very good, but um, doesn't quite win today. Uh, victory comes next, and then last is our two spoiled bottles. And I have to say, Sam Smith comes for the bells. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay, so I'm going to put the, uh, you know, uh, I'm a sheep. I'm going to follow the authority and uh, Hop and Frog Boris, gold medal winner. I'm going to put him number one. Thick, chewy, delicious. Exactly what I'm looking for in Imperial Style. And I just loved it. 
Um, I knew I loved it beforehand. I had it a couple weeks ago at Mad Max. It was oh, fantastic. I tried it right beside the 1050, and it it was like two steps above the 1050 and how good really? it was. Yeah. The um, number two, I'm going to put your number one. The Thirsty Dog was really good. I was actually surprised tonight. It. Um, I don't think Thirsty Dog is a bad brewery, but I didn't anticipate that beer being top shelf. Yeah. And it was, just the way it hit me with the flavors... I, just, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I remember, you know, just the feel, the euphoria of tasting it was We should was do good. more note writing. <laughs> yeah. We should. Especially when we're doing Imperial Stouts. Yes. Uh, so the two beers from Akron, Ohio. Akron, Ohio. You move there if you want to learn how to make a good Imperial Stout. Um, number three, the the Raven's Eye from Eel River was more traditional. Mm-hmm. However, it didn't hit me right tonight. Hmm. And while I don't like hoppy imperial stouts from Victory, the way that hit me that that citrusy, I thought it was cool. Um, so so while I don't like hoppy imperial stouts from Victory, I'm going to choose the hoppy imperial stout from Victory. I'm trying to justify okay, that. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm trying to justify that. Just pointing out what you're saying. It's it's, yeah, it's stupid, isn't it? But I'm trying to justify. There's a lot of delta between those yes. two. So I'm going to put the Victory number three, the Yule River number four. And uh, just like you, I think the Samuel Smith was less ruined than the Bells. But I wouldn't, you know, say don't try either of them because I think that they're just bad bottles. I don't think our ratings are representative of the style. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you want to send us some comments, uh, beer at craftbeerradio.com, both on Twitter, Jeff Bear and GM Weiss, you know, not at anything, we're just Twitter usernames. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else you want to leave us some parting wisdoms for for uh, 2009? Look up Snowball on Urban Dictionary. I think everyone probably knows. <laughs> yes. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah, the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Yeah.